Welcome to a mathematical basis for reality. Bruce, I think you should tell them that Physical Truth is a book on mathematics and philosophy, and that it's a good story. Oh, hello. Oh, there you are. Oh, yeah, well, finally. Yeah. How's the island? Beautiful. I'm kind of out in the bush in Souk on Vancouver Island, and so I'm not quite sure how good the reception is going to be out here, but so far, so good. Oh, I've you're cutting in. My beautiful. phone is dwindling batteries, and I'm about to be called for dinner, but I've got a few minutes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was 37 degrees here in Calgary. I heard it made it to 37.5. I heard on Facebook that it's the hottest day ever recorded in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fairly obvious to everyone that uh, global warming and climate change is very definitely here to sit, uh, you know, is here. And uh, we're, uh, we're in for a wild ride on this one. Yeah, well, I was just came from Duncan where they are, there's forest fires going on on the island. And it's cooler here in Souk, but we're being having to be so careful about fires because it's so dry. But anyways, it's beautiful. It's not too hot, and there's a cool wind, and I'm in the bushes. So, yeah, yeah absolutely beautiful. Wow. And there's a lake here. So, anyways, what's your, what are you talking about this week? Okay, this week I'm talking about barred spirals. Remember I said there were three types of galaxies, basically? Yes, and earlier you had said and told me a little bit about it in a previous episode, I remember, about how yeah. they also fall into your, into your um, model. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, and actually, it's, they're really the classification of galaxies. They're the type of galaxies that show this model better than anything. Because remember I said it looked like a straight line, but it's really a spiral? Yes. If, if it's rotating slowly enough, it'll rotate like a bar rotating around, okay? Yeah. But if it's rotating fast enough, it looks like a spiral. So it's got to get going fast enough before it starts to look like a spiral. Yes. So on these particular galaxies, they're rotating slowly enough. So in the middle sections, they're not moving as fast. Of course, they're moving faster and faster as you go out from the center. And then all of a sudden, it kicks in that they're moving fast enough to become a spiral. So in the center uh -huh. sections, ah, yeah. So in the center sections, they look like a straight line. They look like a bar. And then all of a sudden, when they start kicking into looking like a spiral on the outside. Uh huh. So what I've done is I've taken the model, and I can predict how long it takes or how big the bar has to be according to how fast the barred spiral is rotating. If the barred spiral is rotating faster, the bar is shorter, it's smaller. If the galaxy is rotating more slowly, then the bar is longer. So all I need to do mm. is figure out just how, far the, uh, how fast the galaxy is spinning, and that determines how big the bar is. And what I've done is I've studied, I've got six galaxies here with set variables on them. So there's no argument about, you know, really how far away they are. So I've got a good estimate of how far away they are. And uh, it's the transition between a bar and a spiral is kind of hokey. You know, I kind of have to squint while you look at it, but you can sort of get a good estimate. And then I plot that against what I basically predict as the length of the bar, according to the model. And of course, it matches. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I was blown away when I saw this. When I saw this, this is crazy. That this actually works. So here you got a straight line that turns into a spiral at just the right place, exactly where we predicted. Wow. Yeah, I was, yeah, it blew me away when I did it. I didn't know it would match that well, but it matches absolutely perfectly. And it's it's like the mathematics, once it comes down, I boiled all the mathematics down. So it's pretty simple, um, you know, how to, how to get it. It's just a few lines of algebra. And out it pops. There's your prediction. You go out and you measure how far the galaxy is away. And then you measure the length of the bar. You have to take into account the orientation, like the, the what's called the angle of incline, like how tilted it is from you uh, to get a, you know, a length of the length of the bar. You do that and you're pretty well bang on the money. And the length of the bar can kind of also tell you, if you know how fast the galaxy is spinning or your V max, and you know the length of the bar, you can then figure out how far away the thing is. So it's another distance measured to a galaxy. Wow. So what, what are other people saying about barred galaxies versus spiral galaxies? Uh, How is I'm it trying, being explained? I'm trying Martin. It was Dr. Martin. He's now working at University of Arizona, and he was the director of the Canada-France scope. And I called him up. I was talking about him, you know, about some of the stuff I was doing so I could get, you know, uh, photographs and, and plates of, of galaxies from the Canada France telescope. I, I've got a, I've got a guest, uh, uh, a guest account there so I can, I can get on their database. But anyway, he and I were talking, he's one of the top people on Bart spirals and he's a major advocate of dark matter. So he thinks there's some sort of orientation of dark matter, um, to make this. And, and he said, I shouldn't be looking at a spiral guy. I should look at a barred spiral. No one can figure out what's causing it. No one knows anything about him. He says, absolutely oh. crazy. So really, that's the top guy. I did meet him down in, in uh, San Diego when I went down to the AAS conference, when I read yeah. uh, the paper that I had. And he was there and you know, said hi very briefly. But um, yeah, he's, he's saying, sorry, no, no one has a freaking clue about barred spirals and why they are barred spirals. Uh, the only really? thing we have is a major arm wave and they, well, maybe there's dark matter and some very weird and strange orientation of material that might cause this. But of course, there is no dark matter. You just follow the general theory of relativity and there you go. And it's, it's there. It's, it drops right out of it and it predicts it. Bang on the money. Beautifully. Wow. So you've got like spiral galaxies fit the model and bar galaxies fit the model. Yes. And what else, what else is well, fitting the model? Well, we've got ellipticals. The ellipticals look like that fits the model, okay? We've got yeah. the distance measure, and the distance measure fits the model. Um, yeah, everything, everything we've got fits the model because, of course, it's a general theory of relativity. There's nothing new about this. This is not a new theory. This theory is well over – well, it, it's from um, Einstein's work. Um, people call it a theory, but it's basically a mathematical der derivation. Uh, if you like, it's Pythagorean theorem in four dimensions. But anyway – in curved space and so on. Um, but it's, um, of course it fits, you know, it's Einstein, it fits. Uh, but this is another verification of the general theory of relativity. It's bang on the money. And we don't have to make any new physics up or anything new. That's pretty well how, you know, gravity works. 
Gravity travels in a straight line, or the influ gravitational influences uh, travel the path of a geodesic at the speed of light. And that's, you know, basically, there you go. Ah, and we see the battery has died. And Roxy's now in the bush, running around, ah, geez, battery died. Now we're in the middle of the clock here, and etc. So I guess she's going to um, be going um, for dinner now. I'm here. And I'm back. Oh, oh, Laura, I thought you were going to go for dinner. So you've been running around in the bush. I am running around in the bush, and you did disappear for a minute, but I'm back. I am back. Okay. I, I don't know if you got my last question then. No, I was, yeah, I, I sort of answered your last question okay. um, about it being something. No, it's nothing new. It's well over 100 years old. Uh, it's Einstein's theory of general theory of relativity. It's over 100 years old. And all I've done is derive a metric in, in a rotate, the metric for a rotating coordinate system. And it's actually the coordinate system that, of empty space, the coordinate system that describes, you know, how gravity works, put it that way. Huh. In other words, when we're looking at gravity, we're not looking at a couple of rocks, you know, at a distance apart. And one rock influences the other rock, and the other rock, you know, the rocks influence each other. It's not that. The rocks are there, and they disturb, and they do something to the space between them. So we look at what is the influence and what happens on the space between the two rocks. That's Einstein's look at gravity. And there's properties of empty space. And it's the properties of empty space that really is, is uh, determines general relativity. And that's what makes gravity works. Uh, basically, uh, there's tensions, uh, stresses and strains uh, along the field lines, put it that way, in the coordinate system of the empty space. Huh. Well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, trying to just explain uh, Einstein's theories to me over the phone in, you know, 30 seconds or less. Yes, there you go. Well, there you go. You pays your money, you get what you get. <laughs> well, I got, I got a bit of that, so. Yeah, it's that there's property of empty space, which I find fascinating. There's nothing there. It's empty space, and yet this empty space has properties. That, that's remarkable. I'm blown away by that. Wow. So are you going to go on to the next chapter? Is there anything else interesting coming up in this next chapter that we haven't talked about? Uh, not really. I'm just using the length of the barge spirals, a bit of the math in here. Yeah, it proves it, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got the luminous profile. We've got the length of barge spirals. We've got spirals. We've got the rotation profile, all sorts of honky stuff. All right. Well, I'm going to go to dinner and try not to run out of batteries in the middle of a sentence. And um, yeah, so I hope that everybody out there enjoys the next chapter. Ah, uh, next chapter. Okay, love. Have a good supper. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye, -bye. A barred spiral is according to Wikipedia, a barred spiral galaxy is a spiral galaxy with a central bar-shaped structure composed of stars. Bars are found in approximately two-thirds of all spiral galaxies, although some authors claim it to be only one-third. Uh, I wish these guys would make up their minds. Uh -huh.
Uh, this is kind of interesting. So I'm going to go on here. Uh, bars, this is reading from Wikipedia. Bars generally affect both the motion of stars and interstellar gas within the spiral galaxy and can affect spiral arms as well. And all looks like hokum, but nonetheless. Uh, the Milky Way galaxy, that's our galaxy, our own solar system, as I say, is classified as a barred spiral galaxy. I find that kind of uh, amazing. It looks like a barred spiral because it looks like a bar. Because if you're going around with the galaxy, uh, the galaxy itself will appear to be this, this giant bar. If you're away from the galaxy looking at it, then it would look like a spiral if you're not going around with it. We've already been through that. And we think looking at uh, background radiation in one direction versus background radiation in the other direction, uh, and comparing, if you like, the Doppler shift of the background radiation, it looks like we've got a VMAX in our galaxy, which is about 254 kilometers per second. That's our VMAX. This parameter of VMAX pretty well describes what the galaxy looks like. So barred spirals have a VMAX of up to about 120 kilometers per second. Then ellipticals and higher than that, uh, ellipticals are about 300 kilometers a second and higher. So if two galaxies have very similar VMAX, which is the flat part of the rotation curve, then they would have a very, very similar morphology. They'd look the same. Well, the Andromeda galaxy, which is our sister galaxy, which is about a couple of million uh, light years away. It's kind of next door. And it, um, it's a beautiful spiral galaxy. And our galaxy would look very similar, only slightly more wound up, but not by very much. And because we have a VMAX of 254 kilometers per second. However, if you were on the Andromeda galaxy and you were going around uh, on one of the stars around the galaxy, the galaxy would appear to be a straight line. This is because when you look at the stars, they've moved by the time um, they've moved by the by the time you've seen them. So you would see uh, the stars as they were previously, and of course, gravitational influences travel in a straight line, of course, path to geodesic, and light travels in a straight line. Both travel, of course, at the speed of light. Uh, both the influence of gravity is at the speed of light, and light travels at the speed of light. So if we're looking out, uh, let's say, uh, 15,000 light years away, which is well within our own galaxy, then the stars you're looking at at 15,000 light years away, uh, we're seeing them where they were 15,000 years ago not where they are simultaneously now. If you're away from the galaxy, of course, you're looking at it from a distance, let's say you're a couple of million light years away, and you look at the galaxy, then pretty well you're seeing the whole thing all simultaneously. You're seeing the whole galaxy at once, and that's why if you're away from it and you're looking at it, it ends up looking like a spiral. If we now take a look at barred spirals, I don't know why this hasn't been studied more, because it's so, uh, it's so blatantly obvious. You look at it, you've got something that's rather uh, strange, difficult to try and figure out. Why does it have this shape? Why does it have this morphology? And this would really lead us down a path, we just follow it sensibly, to try and understand things that um, 
the Lorentz factor takes a while to kick in. Anyone that's even with special relativity, and you take a look at the Lorentz factor, you really got to get something hocking at to about 0 0.95, 0 0.97 really, of the speed of light before these relativistic effects really start kicking in, and you can notice them. It is possible with, with incredibly sophisticated equipment to, to find this effect uh, at much slower speeds, and we can also find it out repeated after a long period of time, such as satellites going around the Earth and so forth. Nevertheless, it's uh, a curve, and it goes straight for a long time, and then all of a sudden it bends and takes off on you. This, this is exactly what it looks like with Bard's spiral. It goes straight for quite a long time, and then all of a sudden um, it bends and takes off, so it'll be straight for a while, and then all of a sudden turn into something that looks like a spiral. You're seeing the Lorentz factor uh, beautifully demonstrated, and this is with rotating uh, reference frames, or basically rotating coordinate systems, uh, which is exactly the way to approach general relativity, and a barred spiral is just a magnificent example, a pretty well an in-your-face example of the effects of general relativity, which is that uh, gravitational influences travel at the speed of light, and they follow the path of a geodesic. And I'll just try and find the pause button here. Where are we? Uh, yeah. ah. This is chapter 12.7, using the length of the bar in barred spirals to validate the model. Equation 12.8 describes a nonlinear function between gamma, the Lorentz factor, and r, the distance from the center of the galaxy. If it is smooth, uh, having a value of nearly 1, until until our r reaches a value of c over omega naught. Uh, at this point, the function increases and approaches a linear asymptote having a slope of c over omega naught. A geodesic is usually a straight line in most circumstances, unless there is some fairly high degree of curvature in the space-time continuum for it not to be straight, in the usual way that such a concept is thought of. Um, although the concept of a straight line can be thought of as a path of light or a line of sight, Perhaps it can also be thought of as a line having a constant direction. Now, if this is the case, then a radial geodesic would appear as straight in a large rotating coordinate system for the center uh, to a distance, or from the center to a distance of c over omega naught. Now, omega naught is radians per year, or basically sometimes radians per second. If it's meters per second, see, it's in meters per second. Um, Omega dot uh, is how fast, if you like. It's called the angular um, angular velocity of uh, a rotating body. In this case, uh, the the galaxy is rotating. It's all um, it's a rotation of the galaxy that causes its spiral shape. And uh, with barred spirals, there's a straight line for quite a distance throughout the center of the galaxy. Then all of a sudden, it starts to appear. Uh, as a spiral, very beautiful looking uh, galaxies. And we take um, omega naught, which is calculated, we look at this uh, maximum velocity, so we know there's a flat velocity rotation profile, we take the maximum velocity, which I've known as V max, and basically we take um, 
VMAX over C, which now becomes uh, VMAX over C, which now becomes um, basically light years per year, if you like, or it's a unitless, uh, uh, unitless number. And if we make uh, this VMAX over C equal to 2 pi omega naught, this omega naught, we usually, or I usually use uh, 2 pi um, having units uh, of, let's see, it'd be radians, um, radians per, per light year, and then omega naught would then end up um, having uh, radians per year. Um, is where it uh, works out. Okay, I'm going to have to write that down and get back to you. Okay, we're back. Uh, just uh, scratch down on a piece of paper. Okay, so Vmax over C, which is the unitless number, light years per year, um, is equal to 2 pi omega naught. 2 pi is in light years per radian, and uh, this omega naught then um, ends up uh, is, is then in radians per year. That's how that works out. So basically, you have V over C divided by 2 pi light years per radian, and it all ends up as radians per year because a light year is the same as a year. Now this uh, omega naught um, was used previously in uh, calculating or in predicting um, the rotation curve of spiral galaxies and just about every other galaxy. It, it uh, fits beautifully. Um, and it's used in the Lorentz factor for rotating bodies. And actually it's Landau. Uh, Landau came up with the, the same um, uh, if you like Lorentz factor, he stumbled upon it, but then didn't go beyond. He just said, well, that's the limit. Now we're getting into relativistic effects. So he knew the boundary of relativistic effects, which, uh, which matches what, uh, what we've presented throughout this. But this omega naught uh, is now, uh, which is uh, uh, radians per year, this is now going to become quite important because it pretty well describes the shape of the galaxy, this, this one parameter. So in this case, we have this uh, distance of C over omega naught, uh, and further from the center, this geodesic would appear as a spiral as described in the paper. So we're going to have this straight bar line coming out, and it's going to have the shape of a spiral um, going further out from the center of the galaxies. Some galaxies appeared as barred spirals. That is what a barred spiral is. Since we know the distance to the galaxies, we can measure the length of the apparent bar and consider that to the length of C over omega, C over omega naught for each galaxy. We have estimated the length of bars in six barred spirals by measuring the lengths of the bar in pixels and adjusting for the estimated angle of incline of the galaxy and the angle of orientation of the bar to the major axis. These measurements have a high degree of error since the length of a bar is not an exact measurement for all barred spirals. Some barred spirals, such as NGC 1365, will have a well-defined bar with a distinct, trans, uh, distinct transition region between the bar and the, and the spiral areas. Other barred spirals, such as NGC 925, have a large transition region, and there is an indistinct trans uh, transition between the bar and spiral. Nevertheless, yeah, some estimate can be made, and reasonable error estimates can be presented. We list these. Yeah, we list these galaxies in Table 12.7. The first column is the name of the galaxy. Second is the measured length of the bar in kiloparsecs. The third, the sigma of the measure. Fourth is the predicted length of the bar in kiloparsecs, and the fifth is the sigma of the prediction based on Vmax and RR distance, RR standing for Rocky's ruler, according to Table 12.4. Uh, two figures are also presented, figure 
uh, one zero shows the predicted bar length versus the measured bar length, and figure 12.11 shows the predicted curve of the bar length versus Vmax as well as the measured bar length. The fitted slope through the origin, uh, figure 12.10, is 0 0.943, and the sigma standard de deviation of the comparison is 1.51 kiloparsecs. Even though there's a high allowance for error, there is still a valid correspondence between bar length and 1 over omega naught tilde as described in the model. So the name, uh, we're doing uh, one, two, three, four, six galaxies is what I could find. They had Cepheid variables in them, so I'm using the Cepheid variable measure to find the lengths to them. Uh, these are NGC 1365, 925, 4536, 3319, 4535, and 4548. So the length of the bar varies. These are in kiloparsecs, 10.9 kiloparsecs, 7.4, 6.1, 3.9, 2.7, and 4.6. Uh, it depends. Uh, the faster they're spinning, the smaller the bar, actually. The slower the galaxy is spinning, the longer the bar. Uh, sigma, this is the error in kiloparsecs, is 6.02. Uh, 4.17, 3.48, 2.19, 1.53, and 3.11. Predicted length of the bar, so we've got 11.8. So that compares 10.9 to 11.8, 7.4 .8, 7.4 to 4.9, 6.1 to 4.7, 3.9 to 4.5, 2.7 to 4.2, and 4.6 to 3.8, with that sigma being in kiloparsecs 1.18, 0.49, 0 0.47, 0.55, 0.42, and 0.38. Um, and that's that particular item. Oh, there's the graph. Uh, yeah, the graph shows stuff of the one that's farthest away. Which one's the farthest way? Um, yeah, the one with the length of the bar. With the largest area is probably NDC 13... Uh, 1365. Yeah, that one's pretty well bang on. So that brings it nicely in and everything's well within the error bars. So we're fine. This is 12.10 is a graph comparing the predicted bar length versus the measured bar length of barred spirals. The slope of the fitted line is 0.94293 and the standard deviation in comparison is 1.52 kiloparsecs. Uh, thank you. So once again, we're showing that even with barred spirals, you know, there's no ne uh, need for Something like dark matter or magic whatever. Uh, the laws of physics is described by Albert Einstein uh, in general relativity just applied to, uh, uh, to galaxies, the rotation of galaxies. Uh, describes uh, accurately what they look like. It describes that they have a Vmax and also predicts and shows that there are barred spirals. And this has also been validated by work by Landau. Um, and you can just simply do the math. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you liked what you heard, you may subscribe in your podcast provider and perhaps share in various social media sites. Bruce has promised he won't change the links anymore and screw up trying to find the next episode. Please enjoy the rest of your day, and may everything work out for the best. We try to have a new podcast every Saturday, so see you next week.